0: Welcome to the Intentional Clinician Podcast. I'm your host, Paul Krauss, licensed professional counselor. In today's episode, I'm going to be interviewing Doug Bale about art, mental health, and personal expression, along with a bunch of other cool stuff like philosophy, community, and other things related to the art world, as Doug Bale is an artist. So, thank you, Doug, for letting me come into the studio here. Um, we're on 7th Avenue in Phoenix. And so you can hear a little traffic in the background. That's because we are in the Artist Studio. So, Doug,
1: thanks. Welcome to the show. You're more than welcome. Thank you, Paul, for inviting me into your podcast world. Absolutely. Well, it's my pleasure, Doug.
0: And uh, I wanted to kind of get started with a little bit of a backstory, um, which is we met a long time ago, (laughs) which was, I don't know, 2008, I want to say. Yeah. And we it's had almost
1: like we, there's no way we wouldn't have met, but yeah,
0: I agree with that based on the story. We, we met at an interesting, now defunct coffee house named mm-hmm. Drip Coffee on mm-hmm. 7th Street, not 7th Avenue for good anyone times, who knows geography. Times. And we met there, and we soon learned that we had occupied the same casita or in English, guest house, right? By like, an interesting, strange owner in an alley nearby. Yeah, uh, alley access
1: only with a nice yard. Oh, it's a great um, little spot when you when he fixed it. Yeah, he fixed it up when I I mean, I, I don't want it. to trash talk this guy. I don't you, remember you his name.
0: I, you, it was a different owner, so yeah, I don't even yeah. know the original owner, but I know we were right near the light rail, which got installed in yeah. 2009.
1: It was a primo spot and a cool yeah. little thing, and I was saving up money to buy my first house, and I had that advertising job, and we met, and uh, I got out of there, though, because he had, like, Some sort of, like, air conditioning unit wasn't even on. Like, there's a flue or something. Like, there's something completely open. It was the dead of winter here in Arizona, which I know we're pretty wimpy here, but it was freaking cold. And I kept telling him, man, no matter how I I turn the heat, it's, like, 50. It's, like, really cold in here. And he's, like... Well, you know, it's rustic. I thought you were tough and I'm like, "What are you talking about?" <laughs> it's in the lease. I thought you were tough. <laughs> yeah, like I'm like, "This there's something wrong." And then I moved out and he, we squared up and he wasn't a jerk that way. And then he's like, "Oh, you're right. <laughs> I'm sorry." <laughs> the ceiling was open. I'm sorry. Yeah, it was like an open ceiling behind a wall and it was like a nightmare for me for a couple months and I got out of there. But well, it was it was nice and then then we met, and then I was like, wow, I lived here, because <laughs> you were already living there.
0: Yeah, I was like, uh, I live in this casita down the street, and you're like, yeah. wait a minute, what casita yeah. down the street? And yeah. then we realized it was and the then, same casita, which was an interesting and we, we situation. And
1: we were blown away that we both noticed the weird scribblings on the wall. Like you, everybody That's know, true. There anybody in there would have noticed, like, I don't know what is said in there. But.
0: I forgot about the weird scribblings on yeah. the wall until you just said that. Um, So there were weird scribblings. We both lived there. It was near, it was in between a lot of interesting urban uptown things. And then the downtown Phoenix, which has the stadiums and a bunch of restaurants. And it was an interesting place. And now, and there was a lot of dirt lots. Mm -hmm. um, And now it's basically become LA. They plopped about, mm, I don't know, 17 new buildings in the area. Oh, in the area. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, the casita's still there, I think.
1: Yeah, Yeah. no, it's a primo spot. That
0: big lot's awesome. Yeah, so that was an interesting thing. So it was kind of like the universe brought us together.
1: And everybody pull in, and there's parking for a whole band in your back lot.
0: That's true. There was parking for about eight cars. And you
1: stayed there five years. Correct me if I'm wrong, for the majority of the time you're here in Phoenix.
0: Yeah, the majority of my life in Phoenix. I did live in Central Phoenix in the casita because I loved it. It was a lot of fun. And then, um, when I got married, I moved into a condo that we rented, which was fun. Yeah. Not as crazy, more a little bit more uh no,
1: probably standard. Of, yeah, yeah. A little bit more
0: standard housing. Yeah. Um, you're
1: you're rustic and hardy and tough. So, it was yeah. You're you're well, actually you're did, actually more tough than me.
0: You know, the heat did work <laughs> when I lived there, so I don't know. <laughs> um, so, anyway, there's that. And yeah, we did um we have a long history. Um even though you didn't play bass, you were my bassist for a few um, for albums hot, and
1: a couple of for,
0: live shows for one season, and I was your backup band for your project, yes, uh, which we'll talk about later. Sure, uh, and also the backup studio band for your one CD, yeah, yeah, that we that was did so together. Fun. And so we have a lot of a lot of history here. Um, we'll probably bring up more as we go, unless you got more right now.
1: I want, to, I want to stay on the subject, Paul. Okay. No, just, <laughs> <laughs> I feel like you're leaving out the most important thing. Which is that I made you sign it and no, <laughs> <laughs> <it's> okay. <laughs> yeah, I forgot about that. No, I forgot it's, about that. That's uh, just because you know what you're doing. Non-disclosure agreements. Because you know what you're doing. Yeah. Um, well,
0: I, if you could think of more things, go for it. But we had many oh, no. a fun what night it, in the arts. scene. All I'd like to say,
1: right. in retrospect, is you're a good person because I did not know how to play bass. I know I can play most things by ear, but I didn't know how to play bass the correct way. <laughs> and that was okay, because it, yeah, it sounded it, great. Hopefully. Actually, I
0: think not playing the correct way was what I needed at the time.
1: I've uh, based a, several semi-pro careers on doing things the incorrect way.
0: Well, that's, Or my way.
1: It's all good. My way is Sinatra's sometimes way. the best way. Yeah. So uh,
0: we did do that, and then we spent a lot of time, you know, kind of you're, you're in we the art We were roughing. We were
1: riding bikes. I was... You know, I I would you know transport your if we burritos. didn't finish a meal or a burrito, I'd put it in my glove box. It was it was the best of times. It's like a heated glove box, yeah. yeah. So we I had to get it my glove box modified for your lack of being able to finish a meal, Paul. <laughs> At a restaurant, she'd just be like halfway. I'm like, come on, Paul. I'm not putting your hey, I'm not putting your table in my defense. In my these burritos
0: box. are massive. Right. And they, <laughs> it makes Chipotle look like a joke. I think Chipotle right. came up with the idea after remember, visiting Phoenix. Yeah.
1: We are a burrito. We're in everything town now. Now For your international listeners, come to Phoenix. Oh. No, I don't know. (laughs) Did
0: the mayor put you up to this? I don't know what I'm doing. Okay, so. Yeah. Uh, Interesting. So, yeah, the summary is, we'll probably get into it, is that we spent a long time in the art and music scene uh, of Phoenix, which is ever-evolving and deconstructing and crumbling, but then growing back together again, and knew a lot of mutual people. And um, as your career changed from more music to more um, digital art, then to painting, mm-hmm. I've been following that, and you've had a lot of gallery shows, so that's been and really interesting. And part of this
1: growth here in Phoenix, I think, I mean, at least the face of it can be these murals, and I was lucky enough to do a mural at Trans Am down on Grand oh, Avenue. well,
0: let's start there. Okay. So we there's a large mural. I don't know how large. How large is it? It's
1: almost 20 feet high, and it was my first big-time mural it, and, uh yeah. it can be seen from the highway basically if you're really looking yeah, but if, you're, if you're looking right and you're i don't know how you are looking if you're driving safe <laughs> it's at a really
0: fun place called trans am mm-hmm. which is a coffee and gallery on grand avenue
1: yeah grand avenue has developed into like a really nice strip of road uh galleries coffee shops record shops the old uh bikini lounge not the old nude bikini lounge is, it's been there for years. Amazing DJs still play there. Uh, and as you go down Grand, it's just filling in really nicely as far as uh, an arts community. Uh, arts parades, arts festivals, just so much uh, in Phoenix. So.
0: Yeah and then that was a big honor i think uh even the news had your
1: mural on there as the most instagrammable mural in phoenix was i don't know about that I, I just i'm just lucky to be in some good company amazing company they they are uh, just super super what's a good superlative paul friendly i don't no, know no no as far as like you're the top oh, talented? In your game, yeah. talented there's some amazingly there's some amazing talent in phoenix uh muralists so i'm just lucky to be was lucky to be mentioned in some articles recently in art detour and and to have that mural up also i want to mention uh megastroni and problem those are there at megastroni at problem at trans am you know that's how you do this uh those guys came in and painted beautiful stuff next to mine and it turned into a really cool amazing piece without really planning it so yeah. Boom. And so, Boom, Sorry, I was
0: just adjusting the microphone. That's okay. And um, yeah, that was, and I, I like it a lot. So let's, well, well, let's delve into this. So we're talking about art, mental health, philosophy mm-hmm. sort of thing. So uh, one of the things that you mention often is that, you know, you're just part of whatever's going on. You'll see if you can be a part of that or whatever. So tell me a little bit more about kind of the community aspect for or, sure. Or the background of why we even, you know, are doing this or let's talk about the community aspect of art.
1: Yeah, it might be kind of my naiveness or kind of a dingbat mentality, but in a way that's a good thing, you know, for one foot in front of the other. When I was younger in Tempe, I loved the Tempe music scene uh, Dead Hot Workshop, I get that band refreshments that went on to be pretty famous. I got to just, I'm like, hey, I got a band I want to open for you. Here's my tape. And you, you, I was never, like, you know, big time in any of those scenes. But I got to be in those. And there's something about those that I think the artists and people love. Like, if you're jo- if you're a plumber, which I, I think most things are art, but if you're anything and you're in that community, I, I got to be in that community. I get to be in downtown Phoenix community. And I. it's kind of an on-off thing, but my, my mental health and my, joy of been better being a part of it. And I encourage everybody I encounter who likes my art or I like their art, you know, at least the first couple of times I'm nice (laughs) and I encourage, you know, I'm like, wow, you should do a show here. This is who I know. How can we collaborate? And, and that's a really fun, that is community, I guess. But, but uh, you know, sometimes I won't be in the community and I'll be isolating and I'll, and I'll be dealing with my mental health issues you know, depression, anxiety, and even more recently, with my more recent diagnosis uh, of bipolar. And and forgive me, but I for, I don't know whether it was one or two or three or whatever they have. But it you know it's kind of coming to grips with that stuff. The community helps, and it helps you to to be doing something instead of stewing in some
0: of these problems. Well, that was a very good summary. Because and I appreciate you being honest and open about some of your struggles. Sure. And I know that. Just there's so much research that I won't quote correctly on here, but about if you feel connected to a group that feels safe to you yeah and feel and isn't like some sort of demanding cult or <laughs> some, whatever you want to call <laughs> right, it. It's different. Straight, for- you know, it depends on your cultural background, but if you feel open and accepted in a group and
1: you're participating in some sort of group something. For me, hopefully I'm getting at that level where it is a professional community. Sure. And I, I, I like I have peaks and valleys, shoots and ladders where I'm more professional and perform better. But I also like I I, I kind of still am at this point where I see a difference between that pressure professional community and a calling community or like being able to, uh, you know, what your calling is or what you'd love to do with, without money being an issue. So, like, uh, I think that's important. There's a lot of pressures in communities now, too, and in professional guilds or whatever. Uh, And, and, and it's kind of like a salad bar or what you put into it, you get out of it. So I I have the luxury of kind of being in it, hopefully at a good level, but I I can also pump the brakes, which I think is important too, for your community and your mental health. If you you have to know there's sub communities and there's other people where you're not out as in the open and and as vulnerable where you can get help too. So that's true. So like, I, I like to make that point here. Like, uh, you know, I use salad bar as, as a metaphor lots of times. You know, if you find out you're allergic to something or something's not working, sometimes you have to be less in the community. I think the the main goal is for your mental health to have as many uh, adv- not advocates, but 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 support like connections, yeah, like so they, supportive supportive pl- places. Like you can have a counselor, you can have the book you're reading. Sure, those aren't necessarily community. I have the luxury now where I'm in a a lot of more in the community and it's positive, but I just want to, because of my experience, I want to also put it out there. Like, you know, you can drop out of the community too. And don't worry about it. Well, yeah, and- right. Like for me, I'm right back there. Everybody's like, Hey, Doug, awesome. Where have you been? But it can't, sometimes with what I deal with paranoia or bipolar, you're like, or depression you're just like I can't be in the community right now. Well and
0: there's it's there's no balance to achieve really but I think it's important to note that while we were talking about the importance of community and how that can help your mental health it's not a one size fits all and that's why I yeah. said I was joking about like a cult or some sort of community that's no, no. putting pressure on you for, and what that means. So it's so what I mean is uh I guess trying to find the correct balance for you which you said counselor book Right, uh, And if, something I've been reading about lately in Dr. Bill Plotkin's books are actually taking a, a time to be in nature, isolative on purpose, okay. to sort of examine your inner parts of yourself and, you know, doing an intentional weekend away from the city or whatever and yeah. just kind of being by yourself and being with your thoughts and exploring your feelings. That's important, too. So, but it is, it is positive, I think, that you got involved in the community in the way that works for you, mm-hmm. which is in the arts community... There's I'm sure there's meetings and there's gallery showings and there's other things, but there's not like you can leave for a time and come back and I'm assuming
1: people contact you and wonder where you're at. I mean, Luckily, luckily I've had that I've I've been pretty lucky in uh I kind of forgot where I was gonna my next comment. Oh, okay. But oh, but like yeah, like I mean Because of what you do and you've helped me as a friend and as, you know, someone with good advice and obviously that's your career and you, I admire that you help so many people and I appreciate, you know, the support just as a friend, like friends can do it too, even if they're not counselors or doing what you do. But, you know, I manage my mental health with diet and with, uh, exercise because I have a really hard time with some of the medications. I'm not advocating that for anybody else. Like sure. you said, it's how you deal with it. I know that meditation and yoga and working on art, which I can touch on later. I mean, it's, it's, it's uh, a godsend. I mean, I've kind of shifted to, uh, art therapy is I'm doing art therapy when I'm working on art and realizing that in uh that can morph again into back, just enjoyment. But, uh, it's a it's a salad bar. You got to do what you need to have a balanced plate to to deal with, you know, your issues.
0: That's a good point. And and just to deal with life and what's being thrown at you and we're ever changing and ever evolving situations. And as organisms, we're always changing. So <laughs> I've seen that your art has changed a lot. And one of the key points is, I think. You know, we're talking about art, and I know some people listening may not feel like they're an artist, and mm-hmm. I think we've talked about that before, about art is a, is so many things, and you're going to talk about that more and your influences, but it's mm-hmm. about also just expression. It's personal expression, and it doesn't have to be a gallery-ready piece. I know that you made art. I can't remember. You were making something like three to four things a day for a long time that you weren't even publishing that you were just like sending to us friends bothering and my
1: friends you're just like
0: hey look at this collage I made look
1: I drew a turkey with my, my outline of my hand right and you and I was like oh cool is that <laughs> gonna job. be in your
0: show And you're like no no this is not for the gallery or wow. whatever and you were just doing it and it's kind of like the same thing when when I would write a song and just like record it on my phone or something and send it to you guys like oh hey I'm working on this and people are like oh you're gonna record it? I'm like I don't know you know i did record it it's yeah, just yeah. not in a form that would be appealing to the masses most likely yeah. so i like that you you know it's about if it's not art for you it could be something else but what is something that you're using to express your inner feelings or even your reactions to changing circumstances in your life so mm-hmm. i like that you're talking about that because it's not a panacea it's it's a part of your just it's part of your life and it can be integrated in a way that helps you live a life where you feel more balanced and happier, whatever you want to call it, not happier, healthier, whatever you want to call it?
1: Well, happier is healthier. Sure. I mean, yeah. So, you know, a year and a half ago, I had this call center job. In a, I used to have a kind of a higher pressure, higher strata advertising sales job, and I made a, well, what I'd call is a reasonable amount of money and a livable amount of money. And then I kind of made some career moves, and then I noticed I was just having harder and harder time being in that corporate environment, probably echoing a lot of sentiments of what a lot of people have been hearing for years. As we all kind of move into like trying to, you know, uh, make commerce out of what we like to do. But then, you know, I kind of just took a break. I had the luxury to take a break. I got to paint that mural, and as the years, as this year's gone by. You know, I've probably done more commerce with my art this year than any year in my life. And it's hard to realize that because each time I've been equating it with success with money. And there's all these things that are shifting for me. The other thing with my art, and you know, if I'm wondering, we'll come back, but I I used to do a lot of art about my anxiety and negativeness. And I felt like this energy art's coming out of me now. And abstract art is a great way just to deal with feelings and i like putting out a a piece of art that has a positive energy or vibe to it and and it and it is in with alignment with what i'm feeling so for me it's almost a way to monitor you know some of the some of my mental, my thoughts and my energy too so sure which which is like it's it's its own counselor it's its own psychiatrist it's it's great to have that um It's great to have this kind of a self-adjusting activity that just also happens, you know, to feel like my calling and to feel really good to do.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And maybe that
1: just happens. Like if you're doing your calling, you're not miserable each day. Like I I love meeting someone who just loves what they do. And and I had that for a little while in advertising sales, but the corporate structure crushes it and my style (laughs) was friendly and my style was service oriented. Which you want to do, anyways, but sure, you get crushed by the pressure. Sales is sales is miserable, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, in a way, it is just it's a really hard job. I was, yeah, because no matter I what, what you it. sell, they want more, and the, some of the techniques are so kind of hu- gross, right? You're trying to like manipulate people, and they're teaching these, and I'm just like, I can't, I, right? They use psychology in, in a way hmm. to manipulate,
0: and it did not seem like a good calling for you, even though you could be good at it. I don't think you felt good. Yeah,
1: I was pretty good at it, but the anxiety level was just so high. Right. But But anyways, so plus other factors is just like, yeah, my brain. I think my brain enjoys, you probably know better what the term is, but like nonlinear. And I like to work on several pieces at once. And you're taught that's wrong. You're taught distracted is wrong. You're taught that certain ways of thinking and being are wrong. And I love, Mm -hmm. I'm totally engrossed with Terrence McKenna for years now, recently, Got into him, and I have different people I listen to. This is later down the line. We'll talk sure. about some of my influences. But we kind of match what mental health is to to like a corporate corporate slave. If you if you can are a good worker, be your mental health is good. But if you're not, something's wrong with you. No, like there's other ways to exist, and there's other ways to work hard. Anyways, I'm, sure. I'm rambling. Well, no,
0: that's a that's a good point. And well, <laughs> yeah. and it's also when you talk about calling, and and yeah. I do think. It takes experimentation to find out what your calling is. For instance, I didn't know that I wanted to be a counselor. Uh, yeah. And then I found out that I really liked it. And I still like it a lot. I, even though I'm transitioning to more of a director role, I'm finding it a challenge. But I, I'm finding I like helping other counselors um, uh,
1: help them become be their best and help yeah.
0: more people and help them faster and deeper. And with different techniques and and different ways of being, yeah. and trying to create an environment where people can really not be stressed, but feel taken care of, and feel like their work is valued, and they're not just a drone. And I try to, uh. and I've worked in places where they don't, they just, it seems like their focus is productivity over quality, and I'm trying to do quality over productivity. That's amazing. At, yeah, and it's really hard because at the same time. Uh, occasionally, you know, the part that I don't enjoy as much is just kind of the business aspect of it. Mm-hmm. And so it's interesting, you know, getting help on that. I've met, we, I've hired a few people that are what it call like staff that aren't counselors mm-hmm. and they love the business side. They love um, yeah. organizing things and files and paperwork and keeping track of due dates. And, and so I, I felt now that I I'm just starting to get to the point where I have the luxury of being able to pay a staff to help me. I'm not doing the counseling and the research and the teaching and the consulting and the business. I'm doing less of the business because I found out that's not my calling. It's interesting to me on some levels to go, oh, where are we at? What could our goals be or whatever? That's sort of interesting. But the, the logistics of it are not interesting to me at all. And so I found, and then when I was mentioning something to somebody the other day, one of the staff members, they said, hey, we need to work on this or that. And I said, okay, well, I'll get to that. They said, well, you know what? I like doing that. And I said, really? Wow. They said, I enjoy that. I said, well, then I am delegating this to you yeah, 100%. Like so it's kind a of a learning of, experience.
1: Not a lot of places have someone who's, I hate to say it, like stable and secure, where they're like, I'll delegate that to you. They have, they're controlling and insecure, and they like, their management style is like pretty painful. Well, but you, that's, that's Can, true. I, can tru- I mention well. your wife? sure you and Nicole who I've known as well for a long time as well you guys are always getting at you're going to conferences and continue your education and learning the more you know maybe I don't know whatever it is it's we're trying not to learn esoteric, more esoteric but sure. the, the higher level stuff and you're continuing sure. your learning so you know I'm not a counselor but you know being a healer I, I you know that's positioning you hopefully to be you know be great at at being more of a a person in charge of a lot of well, counselors or a lot of what do you guys call counselors and what are you therapists <laughs> psychotherapists <laughs> therapists, yeah. but for instance what are you the, well <laughs> the staff
0: member we involved I uh, was talking about that is not even a counselor it's just helping mm-hmm. us with the logistics of the organization I was just talking about you know calling they seem to really like making sure everything's accounted for and ethically correct and numbers are good or whatever they like doing that and so it was interesting to me to give up control of that and I like that but it's also one of the things Nicole and I are trying to do is create an atmosphere where we're imagining ourselves as the worker. Mm-hmm. So when I developed the positions for the counselors and the staff, we thought, how would we want to be treated? Because yeah. we went through years of working for organizations where we felt mistreated, we felt dehumanized, All we right. felt like a, a, a product that were, they were trying to get more productivity out of, less quality, and that we had to fight for quality. Totally. And that we had to fight management, yeah. right? And we had to deal I mean, with personalities that were sort of totalitarianism. Totalitarian, and so we tried to come up with a pay structure and a, a situation where we'd feel like, "Wow, when I first start getting my counseling job, I want to be in a place like this." Yeah, and so that's what.
1: Do you know we Sir did. Richard
0: Branson? We're totally off. Is is he is he in <laughs> Her, recovery? And n- no, in I England? don't know. Oh
1: well, he had a quote something. I mean, you read quotes and some stick right. and some don't. He, I think he said, uh, "Train and treat your employees so good enough so that they." get, become world-class or whatever, and then hope that they'll stay or something, something about like, sure. It's the opposite. There's a fear based in a lot of decisions that, oh, if I train, if I give my, my employees a great, if I put all these resources into my employees and how, how the job is, they'll leave and then sure. I lose. But he said something that was really great. I don't have the quota, but you know hope that they'll stay and and that's true like if someone if there's equity in any relationship you stay in it so
0: well right and so that got we kind of got off on a sidetrack about you were working in a Of course we did you were working in an environment that didn't feel right to you and you basically said i remember this because it was i believe hanukkah 2017 (laughs) or 2018 sure we went out and we had and i'm you know is it okay that we were celebrating that? It's not. It was, no, man. It's more love, your
1: holiday than my. holiday. I know it's not even mine. I love that we just pick it and we. we, we for some reason, we went because on. the holidays we'll go get a beer. That's true. One we, beer. No, <laughs> well, we were. You know, I did. I, we're I, like the the lost children of Hanukkah. No, yeah. I don't. Well, and I worked. You know, I, I I enjoy all cultures,
0: and so I try to not make differentiations because differentiation as much because I feel like we're all citizens of the world and we're all humans. We all uh-huh. come from the same DNA, so. When we were out, we we're like, oh, it's Hanukkah. We're celebrating Hanukkah. And, yeah. you know, you are Jewish. So I went with that. And I, yeah, know, like, I have Jewish heritage. I worked for man. Jewish Family and Children's Services for seven years. And yeah. I pr- appreciate the culture. And so we went out. And I remember you saying, literally on Hanukkah, like, I'm cutting the cord. Like, I'm going to be doing art. I remember this. And you were kind of unsure about it.
1: Oh, yeah. I've done it several times. Sure. But this time you were sure. It's kind of like a kid scared to jump in the water. Right. Well, I'm, I, 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 there's some good things happening for me and, and you know full disclosure I'm like 48 gonna be 49 in September you know but you I, you always hear those stories Grandma Moses or people that just like don't give up and, and I'm realizing that the payoff for being able to it's a luxury to be able to come to the studio and do art it's a luxury to get to show in Phoenix it's a luxury even to sell art if people like it but it, the, the main awesomeness is just I feel good because I feel more aligned and you know, I'm just working a restaurant job right now, you know, part time or whatever. Yeah, trying to trying to see if I can pull it off part time. And uh, you know, you just feel better. I, I'm I'm nicer to other people because I'm right. being nicer to me. Like well, it's, that's a good it's point. Probably it's something a lot of people already know. It just, is. It's just hard to raised, put into action. Yeah, though. they're raised that way. I
0: think it's harder to put into action because yeah. there is a scarcity mentality and yeah. there's a cultural expectation of certain. Uh, things that you see on social media or the news or TV shows and our culture does glorify wealth and the accumulation of stuff uh, and the accumulation of the perfect home and the perfect car and whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And it, it's sort of, even though people know, I, I think a lot of people know that's not the meaning that's not going to satisfy you in the long run. It is constantly kind of piped into our airwaves and the television waves and the YouTube, all that. So I think it's it's one thing to know it that hey you know what I'll be happier if I cut down on stuff I don't like to do and do more of what I do like to do and it's take the really, trade offs yeah and, it's and the, really strange because there's trade offs and risks because then you finally do it and look yeah. you're like happier than you've been then you, I remember yeah. the one time you did it for a couple of years and you were just making money off music playing gigs <laughs> trying to make I thought money. you were pretty happy then and I was then trying to make money off music again. when you went back to corporate America I was like whoa. You did not seem as happy as you were. <laughs> well, it's and, tough. Uh, then, it's right, yeah. Right. And so then, you know, now this time, you know, sustaining a living with a part time job and then doing art is I feel like you're kind of doing things that people wish they could do. So I think that's inspirational.
1: Yeah, yeah. And I've and I'm just trying to focus on it's it's stuff <laughs> a couple years ago I'd be I'd be more knee jerky about, but it's gratitude, it's uh uh acceptance. I have to accept, you know, where I am in art. But the cool thing is, it doesn't matter because I'm kind of finding some of that, like the first banjo. And you're, you're just like, you have 15 shows and you're not getting paid, and you're hauling all your gear everywhere in Tempe. I'm making a flyer for every show. I'm so it's I'm so fun. I'm working my other job. I have all this energy. I'm a young young buck, and uh, <laughs> and I and I'm not saying I have all that energy back, but. It's coming back it's like it's part of it, like I think we clog our own where I've clogged my own uh, chakras, my own energy, my own alignment with joy, and it's it's just so it's so weird, it's so chicken fried and Swiss cheese, and uh you know luckily, I can say yes to stuff I can be out there and open, you know the local galleries, Instagram everything everything part of my community you know i'm just grateful for instead yeah. of like freaking out about so so yeah i mean just being a part of
0: whatever fits is i've seen your stuff on instagram yeah we'll put the links in the show notes for oh, your thank instagrams. you instagrams you have multiple instagrams of one, course one's more for art one's more for personal
1: i got what? like three instagrams That's three instagrams scary. yeah well oh. for the studio i help run that and for oh, yeah, the studio i have an old personal one which just is more fun because i can get weirder i kind of keep my art one a little more just my art, art. right obviously and i sense. try to sell stuff off that in the stories i love instagram i like facebook still but i am i am semi addicted to it i can a minute but i think there's it's it's like anything there's good and bad I, sure. i've met a lot of people and gotten to do collaborations people can directly contact me and encourage me i can encourage other artists i like and it just feels good yeah and uh I, so I found but that... the downside is i get a little addicted i those little likes Oh, i didn't get a lot of likes on this piece Right. But I, but I'm I think fortunately I'm moving into a spot where I'm like oh man look at all this good over here the the art therapy part that I get to do my calling I get to share so
0: well you know just blame it on the algorithm that's huh. what I say when you don't get enough likes but no, uh, yeah, it's just... I, I I think <laughs> <laughs> well I think you know there's proof now we won't go into the numbers but you've sold enough art in some of the months here recently to be able to live off of. I mean, obviously, yeah, I can't, you need to be selling that every month, but, I mean, you're getting to that point.
1: Yeah, that's a strange conversation. Sure. Uh, because I think right now, I you know, more than ever, I'm like, I can say I'm an artist. Sure. But but I accept there's so many artists and so many amazing creatives. They just know they got to have their day job until they don't. And, or you know, sometime, and that's okay. Or sometimes they do What's have a wrong, day job. And, and there's nothing wrong with having a day right. job either because sometimes
0: like, being an artist does withdraw you to the studio. from people right right so So there's a balance and in
1: the last three days for some reason this I've seen so many I've just saw soul coughing at at uh, Mike Doty at uh Crescent Ballroom and I just he on stage he said you know Patreon pays my mortgage like you know you luckily he gets to just do music and that pays his way I think but there's so many artists out there I know uh that they have Feast and famine, and, and it's smart to have a side job or side skills, sure and uh, that's just something I have to learn that there's no shame in that game at all. In fact, right. there's more pride in that game because you're being resourceful sure and, and you're just you know I feel like I'm just kidding myself if i you know if i at this point where I'm just like, oh you know, art only or no, or yeah. kind of like, oh, the universe, blah blah blah, I've got to take care of business because of mental health issues and that stuff you got to. Well, you gotta, you gotta do, uh, your, you know, you have to have your routine and it does help to have, Oh, I gotta go to my, in the job and stuff. Well, expo
0: an exposure to different people and cultures through the job can influence your <laughs> well, art. Yeah. So, I guess. Yeah, I mean, if you think about it, not to, not that this is like a hero, but Charles Bukowski worked for the post office for what 12 to 14 years before he wrote his first book. And he was just a struggling poet and that no one cared about before that. And I've talked to people that are comedians um recently i talked to a comedian in chicago and he intentionally works at a restaurant three nights a week
1: yeah that's a tough that's a tough one because he wants
0: he wants to have conversations every day he wants to meet people he imagines like what their career is in their head or whatever and then he comes and talks to them and finds out what their real career is so see if he can like use that in his shows brain exercise and and he's just uh, i mean he's a young guy i think he was in his 20s Oh, I just remember his Instagram is called Mayor of None, but I don't know how to spell that, or it's got some underscores. Probably, Eh, it's okay. We can. He he was a funny kid. Shout out to Mayor of Mayor. Shout out obscure. Shout out. out. Anyway, he was he was my waiter, and he was hilarious, and he told me about his shows, and he told me about his open mic nights, and the guy's just going out there, and he's kind of reminds me of you in a way, like he's just he's working his day job three days a week. But it's it's paying his bills, mm-hmm. but he's living his dream, and that yeah. that takes guts. Yeah, it's, and it's, it's a like, long time of showing up. It doesn't matter, and this is something I'll say to the artists out there. Sometimes it doesn't matter how great of an artist or a musician you are. Sometimes it's about just showing up over and over and over and over and going for it.
1: Well, sure, yeah, it does matter. Well, it what does matter, sure. <laughs> It also matters. <laughs> no, like you but, should have some
0: skills. Don't just you know yeah, quit, it, don't
1: just drop out of college and become an artist if you don't have any skills. I at all, think but. I think a lot of this stuff is kind of like no brainer. A lot of people know this, but for some reason in my journey, there's been like like this division, a strong switch between you know corporate work or I get a paycheck, I'm working 50, 60, you know how many ever hours a week. Oh, I do art on the side, like on the side I like a better blend my life's been kind of interesting and I think my recent diagnosis of bipolar and I apologize for everybody I don't remember whether it was one or two like I realized that I can you know I kind of maybe need some space you know the distracted mind isn't necessarily crazy but it kind of likes to do it gets bored like oh I can do this I could work at a restaurant for you know four days a week but I have three days to work on art and get this shit done and uh, so it's it's I'm just really enjoying my time right now. I just saw David Lee Hart last night, which is oh from Adult Swim. Uh, shout out to him and Trunk Space and Phoenix and Treasure Mammal opened. It was amazing. Oh, I love Treasure Mammal. Yeah, uh, shout out to Treasure Mammal. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Phoenix, or the rest. So, Sorry, like, everybody else we haven't named. Right. So so here's an example of a guy that's been working in Hollywood for years, and he ends up with Tim and Eric. And he's, he's outsider art. He's, he, he's, it's kind of bizarre, but I love it. And I forgot my point. My point was the guy's just on tour, and he's, he's doing what he loves.
0: And he's playing a, and, a basement show in Phoenix at a, not a large venue, which is Well, sure, which yeah, is fine. which is
1: probably perfect for him. But, sure. like, it, it's, it's kind of like, uh, you know, that people talk about energy. I'm going out and seeing more shows. I'm not isolating, and I'm really enjoying it. Yeah, and there's and, uh, a there's I think that's part of this community imbalance and with the mental health stuff.
0: Yeah, I mean, and I think one of the things I've been trying to help people with lately is there's two there's there's a couple there's m- many ways of looking at mental health and emotional wellness or whatever you want to call it mm-hmm. or being able to regulate, which is what I've been working on lately, emotional regulation when something bad happens, <laughs> how do I look at the long view versus the short view? In the short view I'm freaking out and upset and saying things i regret and in the long view if i look at the long view i'm i'm breathing slowly and going okay this is just part of my experience is part of life and if nobody's dying why am i not why am i if nobody's died why am i freaking out and and making this into an emotional what's the other thing you start
1: doing i mean my brain's just blanking but what are those activities you do that are negative and destructive oh not acting out but you start to oh comp Oh, you mean like like I mean I'll, like, like start go and like
0: drink way too base much. Base habits uh, like cope. Well, Coping, they're, they're yeah. coping like skills, but they're sh- negative. Coping no, you skills. start doing those right. things
1: where you're like, oh, I'm gonna isolate. Oh,
0: I'm gonna. I'm gonna go watch Netflix for two days. Yeah, I'm and I'm not, and I'm gonna go. Or anyways. you know, depend, there's so many things that are built into our society that are easily accessible for instant gratification, and yeah. most of which makes your life shorter and more miserable. Right. I've noticed like recently. Tender, alcohol yeah. just, it, it's just i'm bad. not against alcohol or drugs at all i'm not all, against any of them but it's, just, I'm not, I know but it's what, how
1: you use it and if, if you're using an adult it to about cope, what it does to, sure. to you and if you have and, a and other people Ill- if you have a mental illness it's like sure. a sports injury if i know i got a bad knee i better go work on it and wear a brace and like take right. it easy and warm up you know <laughs> well right and i and i was going to get into it's, the two sides of things too but I've i been, i think what you're saying um, is like
0: I think we're all on a spectrum. And I think mm-hmm. at different times in our life, we're, to, we're more prone to depression or more t- prone to anxiety. Mm-hmm. And if you have something like post-traumatic stress disorder, or if you have a biological depression or biological yeah. anxiety, yeah. then you're even more prone to that side. But we all kind of shuffle kind of on one of those, like along a ruler, maybe a you say, a spectrum. Yeah. And so I think that there's times in your life where you have to be sensitive to that. And if you're not, life will throw you a wake-up call. So yeah, I know just, that yeah. I've, been inherited, I've inherited anxiety. I know that. And right. so I'm always a little bit more on that spectrum to the point where I won't even notice it sometimes. And yeah. somebody will say, Hey, you seem anxious. I said, really? I feel normal. Everybody take a deep breath. Right. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm, I'm taking a deep breath now. <laughs> let's take a deep breath right now. So what, what I, I guess what I'm saying is it's about <laughs> kind of self monitoring, but also this, I think we're always, I think as people, people want to know an answer. And cause an answer helps us feel like secure and sort of like when we're a kid, we have a right or wrong answer because our, our thinking level is at the concrete level. Mm-hmm. And what I've been trying to work with on some of my clients lately is, is that there's, there's, there's two ways to look at a lot of things. And one of the ways is, okay, I'm stressed. Mm-hmm. Let's use a structural approach to work on my stress. Here's my structure. My structure is I'm going to buy the Mindfulness-Based Stress Reduction workbook and the CD. The what? And it's called Mindfulness-Based Stress Reduction, MBSR. Sorry, okay. I talked really fast. Okay, and I'm going to start going through the workbook. Maybe uh-huh. once a week, I'll read a chapter.
1: Is that something just a regular? That's something I use. Oh, sure. for you, or is this something that patients clients, use, or like people, me, clients, anyone, or just the general population? Anyone can find use it. It, yeah. it was invented you by John f- Kabat-Zinn in the 80s. At um, and you find it be pretty good. Is at like John mental, Hopkins, m- mental health picture pages well,
0: workbook. It's it's a good program. <laughs> it's kind of like breath work, and it works uh-huh. and it works on lowering anxiety and depression. And the studies have proven it, and it's proved to re- help reduce stress. Depending on how long you utilize it and how often It's sort of like it's a practice Mm -hmm. I've done I've probably need to do a whole podcast On it I haven't yet Uh. so instance that's A structure yeah my structure Is now I'm going to do a mindfulness Based stress reduction exercise once A day for 10 to 15 minutes Which isn't that long but could Improve the rest of my day and my stress And my even my symptoms Mm -hmm. because This empirically proven the more you do it the Better your symptom picture looks And there's a structure But at the same time Life isn't about just structuring and having one answer. So mm-hmm. that's a structure you implement for a time to maybe help become part of your lifestyle. And maybe it helps you for a time. But then you have to pivot to something else later on because it doesn't always keep working yeah. the same way. Um, it, it evolves. And so the other thing is that we've got to be like a jazz player. The jazz player can do the routine. They can get through the song, but they always play it differently. Uh-huh. And so we, we're going through our day. Time is going to continue. You wake up, and then at night you're going to go to sleep, hopefully. <laughs> uh, you know, unless you've had too much caffeine or whatever. And so we also have to be like a jazz player, which is okay, be able to improv. Sure, that structure is helping us, but don't think that there's one answer that's going to apply to your yeah, problem. Yeah. And so part of that is learning by life experience, which we talked a lot about in this podcast so far, but also from books, from other sources, from podcasts, from other people, from our community, learning Mm -hmm. and not having the pride that we know it all or not having the need to feel like we know it all because that just increases more anxiety. I don't know what to do. Okay, well, that's okay not to know what to do. Sometimes you just have to sit there and wait for the answer of what to do. Or make the best answer you can at the time, Sure. which isn't always maybe in hindsight the best, but it, it might be better than freezing. So I, I, <laughs> I'm, I'm talking about I'm talking about you know a couple of ways to approach your mental health, which is yes, have some structure, have some education that you bring in, not like a whole regimen, depending on your situation, your average person, uh, but also be okay with ambiguity, tolerate mystery. Yeah, I
1: think we're Being ta-
0: okay to not know everything. Go I ahead. I think
1: we're kind of soaking in some ideologies. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Here we go. Did you just say ideologies? we about to turn a corner at, <laughs> ideo- at ideology and archetype. And archetypal And a truck just well, went by. Well, no, A like, welding truck. Is that a segue? I don't think okay. so. No. <laughs> <laughs> Was that a... We have some pretty rigid, past fail things, okay. you know? Heaven, hell, there. heaven, hell, whatever, you know, uh, what... You're talking what? about... The Hebrew gods, like brim, bi- hell, fire and brimstone. Like, You're talking about binary thinking? Black yeah, and white thinking? Yeah, and recently I've been able to enjoy three, four, like think of three or four ways to talk about a subject and also accept both sides. In a, so uniting the opposites, sort of. Well, Being able to it, it's, appreciate it's just a the place opposites. to not be as stressed out. You know, The Hindu cosmology, my friend just went to Thailand. He said, wow, everyone's a lot more relaxed. <sighs> The salad bar thing. And, and kind of what you're saying made me think, you know, your improvisation, you have all these gods. Not that I'm, you know, super, like, promoting Hinduism or their cosmology or a polytheistic, uh, you know. Viewpoint or whatever. God thing. But, you, you know, you just go, even the Greeks, you just go with the god that's in the moment for the emotion. Uh, you know, Aries, war, you're angry and you allow yourself, oh, it's you're just taken up in that there's less self-judgment in our society in, you know, the main monotheistic religions have a lot of self-judgment and we, we don't, we can park that and thought. projection, but we, yeah, we can park that thought and get into that later. But that's stuff I really love. And I hope it kind of comes out in my abstract work as far as me navigating some ideas and energy, but that's stuff I love too. So, well, you know, I love art and yeah. music and part of me kind of, you know, when you think back, you're like, oh, I wish I was a history major, more philosophy, you know, just so you learn about all these cultures. I really think there's a lot of people who have an on-off kind of situation with how their life's supposed to go or how their morality is. Like, people are pretty good people, usually, and, and, and we have, I think I've soaked in like this on-off, judgmental, Judeo-Christian world for a long time, and that's a journey I'm interested in talking about, too. And uh, I don't know if mental health in other countries or other places is actually better because capitalism, Judeo-Christian, like you start to have all these factors kind of pushing down on your soul and your brain and your mind and your health. And uh, I think, you know, for at least the last 10 years or, or part of my life, I've been moving towards more being just exploratory and okay, salad bar, Ooh, let's try that, let's try that the binary thinking it's like a, is it, I mean, in some sense for like a Zen cone, you want it like an unsolvable riddle. So your mind just kind of goes to nowhere, but it could be a trap. It could just be this trap, right? Well, I, that's I a huge like, subject. Yeah, so answer that Paul, or was I'm that a not, sentence?
0: I'm not a <laughs> theological or ideological <laughs> expert. So yeah. I will say that I would say that in, in a sort of parlay, Middle ground sort of way, just yeah. for people that are interested in what we're talking about. I would read Joseph Campbell.
1: Yeah, yeah, I love and I Joseph would Campbell. read
0: Carl Jung, and I would read um, Bill Plotkin, and I would read James Hillman. Who? Yeah, Hillman is somebody read... you just
1: hit me too recently that he blew me away. I like guys where you don't know what he. Most people go, oh, that's that guy's point of view. He's he pushed, believes that. He's sure. pushing that on me, and I really enjoyed Hillman because I'm like, oh.
0: <laughs> Hillman's always pivoting.
1: Yeah. So, <laughs> and, yeah.
0: Well, and, <laughs> and so I guess to go on that, we could go yeah. further, but I'll just yeah. say in terms of the ideologies and what is that causing more or less mental health or whatever, it's hard for me to say because right, anything want, I say can be used against me in the future. Right. And but I, uh, I, let's,
1: let me just say this, though. I don't want to necessarily—I I kind of came off there, and I probably am a little judgmental of Judeo-Christianity well, and—
0: you're soaked in it because that's yeah. what our, uh, part of our country's yeah. largest religion, I yeah. believe. So but we'll say this. There are ways of implementing spirituality and religion that are honoring of the entire principles that they're based on. Right. That are honoring of other people, that are honoring of the earth, that are honoring of animals, that are honoring of the gods, you know, or the god that they worship— and there are ways in which there are ways in which um, you can bring a religion or a spiritual belief within any of the major religions that are t- completely toxic, focused on power, focused on um, guilt, control, shame. control through guilt and shame, yeah. uh, controlled on cultural um, cultural winning or whatever you want to call that, or political winning and are completely divorced from the original teachings of um, whoever was the originator of that uh, religion and can be used as a weapon um, to hurt other people, which is ironically ridiculous, usually because most religions, uh, uh, the major religions don't advocate that. But when you, when you have a book that's been translated into English by many different people with many different, um, ideologies, many different uh, historical motivations, there can be a lot of misinterpretation in the English. And even in the, if you go back to the ancient literal translations... Western
1: thought and Eastern thought, you have a Western thought paradigm trying to translate an Eastern... an Eastern concept. So there's (laughs) a lot, basically
0: there's a lot of things unless you're a
1: a, a scholar on
0: this that can be, even as a scholar, that can be not totally interpreted. And I I've been, I like... I've been reading, I can't remember what this rabbi's name is, but there's a uh, rabbi who's very famous uh, for kind of reading the Bible and in a way where he'll say, well, yeah, that's interesting, and that's one point of view, and then it's accepted in the, Hebrew, in the Jewish uh, Judaism to kind of debate multiple interpretations. Yeah. But at the same time, you also have the Hasidic Jews who mm-hmm. believe that there is, this is the interpretation, this the is one. the one interpretation. Oh, yeah. So in Christianity, you have the fundamentalist Christians who who say the English King James version is the way, and we interpret these things in this way, and that's the only way, and anyone who says that is a threat. And then you have, on the far end, the Episcopalians, the Universalists, and the mystical kind of Christians who are more, or even the mainstream, who are more open to, yeah, there's different ways to interpret certain things based on historical context and Mm. hermeneutics. So I'm not an expert in that, but I will say, I think with anything just like social media or even mental health, um, literature or, um, really anything it can be used for good or evil. And I think there's a binary there where it can get messy and gray, but it's the way that you're utilizing it. And it's the way that you're implementing it. And, and what are the hidden motivations uh, that you may or may not know about. Um, so that's well, that's where always, I would go with that. It's
1: always safe, I feel, to find a luminary. I don't know if luminary is the right word. Like I, I found Mar- Marshall McLuhan. I found even I found Terrence McKenna. Even Alan Watts. You got these people, late sixties, late seventies. Let's talk ther- about that a little bit. Well, they're able to. They've they're students of the sport and and they the sport of spirituality and they. Sure. They'll tell you a bunch of things, and they'll even, they feel more open to challenge, and they know what they know, and what they do for me is they encourage me to go read, or recently I'm learning more about the Hermetic, you know, laws, the Hermetic I even, laws. I don't even and, know about that. Yeah. Uh, Hermes Trismegistus, I say his name wrong, and Thoth, T-H-O-T-H. Okay. In a uh, different, and, and I also have a background of kind of under, looking at these things as archetypes, and... A, a moving, you know, uh, human human psyche, like a symbol that's yeah. been around for a long time. That yeah, like I, I, I like Young and I like uh, you know these people that kind of Joseph Campbell that they go look these are all similar myths and this is the collective consciousness and um, you know I think it's safe for people who maybe are in one thing that's binary to find a luminary or or a a teacher of sorts that's not creating an unsafe, you know, like, oh, it's going to manipulate you. I just go to YouTube and I listen to the guy talk. And then, oh, he talks about the hermetic laws. And then I go research that. Oh, and then I see, oh, there's a couple different interpretations about what's going on with what that guy talked about. Even his isn't. And then you just realize, oh, I've got to become a researcher. I can't trust any... Oh, you can trust some things and you can enjoy certain points of view, but you also have I also feel like oh great, I'm learn I've learned this skill where I can kinda sit back and go, Oh, uh, you know, that's interesting. That's based on that. And I'm kinda pulling back more into generalities, but um Sure. Well we can go
0: back into generalities, but I think you're talking about a couple things, which is being open to experiences and understanding the context of your own culture and your own belief system, of where you were born, the era you were born in, what you were taught, um, what spirituality yeah. you were introduced to and, and being allowed to deconstruct that, but not to the level where it loses its value, but to the level where you can connect to the, to other people and being open to that and learning new, um, or other interpretations yeah. of it is what I'm
1: hearing. And I'm also hearing, I don't, I can't remember, <laughs> but yeah,
0: I'm hearing a lot of things. Yeah. there.
1: Well, recently at this job, I work at a restaurant. My a great friend for years, uh, Lori Hassler, has this awesome restaurant, the Farish House. Shout out to Phoenix Farish House. Uh, and she did a wine class. And I'm sitting there, and she's talking about different wines, the soil, where they grow, being aware of what you grew up in. And then all of a sudden, I, I got this strange and now My brain works in an analogy. and like, we're just all grapes. What region did I grow up? What oh. soil did I have? What, that's going to end up the flavor of my energy and in my existence. I'm a wine. But yeah. I'm I'm a wine. But then also what I'm learning and excited about now is is like matrix stuff. I want to repro I'm just wetware and hardware. That's the wine I was, and then metamorphosis. Could I become any wine I want? Can I adjust my energy and my persona and my personality? We all have personalities. A wine has a personality. I have a you know, oh Doug is so bright and friendly at first, but oh man, he was just really sarcastic and dark and mean. And like, that's the wine I am. And I'm like, oh, it's just, it was crazy. I got to do this wine tasting class and I'm a dingbat sometimes, but like deeper, I'm like, wow, we're just all fucking grapes. Like, and there's a region I grew up in and and I was soaked and how you treat the wine is how you treat your little children and how you're raised. We're all just grapes, Paul. And, and we're just what vintage and it's, it's such a great analogy, like. Even the culture I grew up, like the wine, the region, yeah, it was really fun. And hearing you talk, I was like, wow, I want to do a wine analogy.
0: Well, and that's a complete... (laughs) um, Yeah, I mean, I think until you uncork the bottle, and if you're willing to uncork the bottle and become aerated... <laughs> and bring in molecules from other regions and other spaces, to be tasted and, and the enjoyed. influence. Well, and, well, not, I'm not even going there. But to, to the be influence, still sure, The, Spill the in, wine. spilled out. Okay, we gotta go reel that back in. <laughs> but to be able to be infiltrated by air bubbles from what's happening right now. So one of the things I was talking about with one of my mentors recently was mm-hmm. about how locked in we are to our perspectives. Even uh, even somebody who's learned it or whatever they're a student of the world or whatever they're reading, you're still locked into a certain perspective, and it takes a lot of work
1: but also to like, unlock. But also, your even re- I'm also want to find this place where I'm like, that's that wine. Enjoy that wine for what it is. So yes. So I'm not judging people. No, like, no, not judging. There's a big push I feel in this. Be here now. Uh, whatever it was oh, ten years ago, new age movement, spirituality movement. Where there's also these people out there who are like, oh, you've got to be vegan. You've got to do this. Oh, right. Like the wine analogy too is like, I just enjoy that wine for what it is. I don't want that wine tonight. So you, you avoid it or you try a different wine. But I, I think a really cool place for me to get to in my spirituality and understanding even myself is my, like understanding my dark side. And not getting shadow. my shadow, the Jungian thing. That's a long journey for me. Because in the shadow and other people, like, wow, that guy's really, or gal's really pissed me off. But just be like, being able to go, wow, they must be having a tough day or empathy, you know, self-empathy and empathy towards other. I hope my journey with my dark side, referencing the Young's description of your shadow, um, that's going to be a good thing. Uh, Maybe even in my art, but like... uh, my brain like wants to i think of that idea when you're talking about like all the positive pushes and changing and even my own desire to change and become you know transcend maybe transcending is also just accepting my shadow and going man and, and enjoying the great things I am and just being a little easier on myself on some of my shortcomings well, absolutely, and um, spirituality energy everything well, <laughs>
0: well well let me. Touch on that Reel real quick. That one in Well, Paul. we're in a culture that's all about asc- <laughs> we're in a culture that's all about ascension. So mm-hmm. if you t- if you think about the it's American just like way, capitalism to me, well, like, capitalism, the American like how way. How much
1: more can you extend? Bigger, they can't have unlimited better, growth.
0: Bigger, better, <laughs> yeah. um, explore, more move ascended-er. west. Ascended her, and then with Christianity <laughs> and Catholicism, it's it's about um, ascending to the sky, and so. There's a part of that that's necessary. We need to try to try harder and do things in our life and make goals. But there's yeah. also the other, uh, the exhaustion. opposite side. Yeah, the opposite side that is more in an Eastern consciousness, a which is going within and accepting what is there,
1: mm-hmm. and
0: not just your ideal future or your ideal self or your imago, but mm-hmm. inter- but confronting the dark side. So most people, like you said, like somebody's pissing you off. Well, we don't know what happened that day. We don't know what happened to them. We don't know where they're at. We don't know why they're doing that um, until we really get to know them. And that's the push for authenticity. That's I think been happening in the U.S. over the last ten years. Has been a big buzzword is authenticity. And, and one of my mentors said to me the other day, he's seventy four. He said, "What he's like?" He said, "You know what it is?" He said, "In the old days, we had a grand narrative." this is your this is the path that you get a career, you get a house, you get a job, you have kids, you join a religion, um, you join a political party, and that 's what you do, and you lock in
1: mm-hmm. and then you
0: enjoy as much of the fruits of that as possible, and you try to grow your bank account or grow your dividends and he said what what 's happening now is that young people have realized they 're demanding the truth. What is the truth behind all that? What is actually going on when we do those things mm-hmm. and and what is what are the dark sides to locking in? to a viewpoint and not being open and thinking you're right about everything. What and so the dark side known as the shadow but also authenticity is growing instead of ascending, it's descending. I have to take time to descend and I feel mm. that my most I mean there's I think there's times in your life where you ascend and descend. And I think for me graduate school was part of part of me was ascending. I was learning new information. Um, I go to this conference tomorrow. Actually, you're talking about conferences, I go to a conference tomorrow for counseling, American Counseling Association. That might be some ascending, but when when I've really changed, a lot of that's been descending. When I hurt somebody's feelings and I found out about it, or I made a bad decision and I reaped the consequences. The value in your or, shadow. Yeah, um, Va- yeah. That, that's my. New,
1: of, I'm going to run for president. I'm like going to be like, we need our economy needs to be based on. The, the shadow side the shat, of everything? The shadow economy. Yeah, well, yeah, and there's, there, the, the, well, all the shadow co- All of- the GDP of learning from your, 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 your shortcomings. And maybe maybe that's what Christ was talking about, too. Sure. Well, I mean... I said it. I said it. I don't Christ. know
0: what verse you're referring to, oh, but... Oh, you know which one. No, I, I'm a little rusty. I'm just But, um, yeah, I mean, the truth will set you free. And the truth yeah, is hard. That, and the yeah. truth is a, that's a Christ quote, and the, and the truth is hard to swallow. But for instance, when you're we forgiven, need...
1: when you forgive yourself and you're forgiven, I think that's one of the main tenets of Christianity. It's supposed to be sure. You're you're in the mud. You're 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 in the ugliness of of your humanity and what maybe you did. And if you can forgive yourself or forgive somebody else, when you have empathy, your energy changes because that binary thing's gone it's just like maybe it's almost it's almost mono or like inclusive i it's like i am that person so i can have empathy i mean you've got to defend yourself but sure but like it's interesting you know that that's one of my goals soon here as a as far as my spirituality when i was younger i had i had a mercuriality or mercuriality Mercurial experience or had, a miracle.
0: No, Miraculous. M-
1: no, I was able to just like oh. be around people that annoyed me because I didn't it didn't penetrate oh, me. Oh, I see. And I could actually do kind of like f- interesting things where I could just be in and out of their energy. They wouldn't come out at- I could just be totally um, mercurial. Okay. To a to degree. And I think that's that's a great uh, tool in your in your in your uh, interpersonal tool kit. but I'm we're really wondering. But uh. well, that's okay. I actually think this is good <laughs> and, 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 for and, and, philosophy and, section of it. Yeah, and you you inviting me on your podcast, you knew it was kind of dangerous. I knew I knew we I have know conversations. Go. We'll have
0: conversations like this for hours. This is actually normal. Um, it <laughs> yeah, doesn't feel rehearsed at all because this is probably the
1: last seven conversations we've had. We totally enjoy these searchers and these luminaries, and we challenge each other. But I've always, I mean, I'm grateful for your friendship, Paul, because. Even when I was a lot harsher on Christianity and I think you were more immersed in it, I probably said some shitty things. Well, no, but I'm I'm coming around. I, you know, I I like the mercurial ability to be in all of them, but yeah. Sure.
0: And, and I would say, I appreciate your friendship too, because yeah, I've been, I've been just like you. I've been in my own phases. I'm not totally talking about that on my podcast, but I've been in and out of multiple phases and I have very interesting viewpoints on spirituality But um, it's not my wheelhouse anymore uh, in terms of what I'm an expert on. And so for me, I I will talk about it privately more um, with people I know, but I don't go advertising that because of... Multiple reasons that are personal and the political climate and the labeling binary culture that we're in. Yeah, and, so and, 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 and just
1: to be I sure would more here, when I say binary, sure. I mean logically, right? Logically, There's, yes. I think binary is almost also a term for gender something. Right? Well, and I don't want binary is— Yeah, I don't want to talk yeah, about any of that because
0: I, I don't— yeah, I don't <laughs> what I mean by binary yeah. is that you're locked in to it's either what, left or right, right?
1: Like in in a, in in a, a discussion, up or you're down, like, you're like and there's no push movement. or pull or conflict or. You know. I mean, there's
0: always opposites pulling on us from yeah. um, different topics, from, and also the atmosphere and gravity and different things like that pulling upon us. So there's always room for that, but I think, and and you'll see this in life is there's always something there's. Something in the middle, uh, you know. We're, we're we're trying to be able to accept the accept the opposites of life and death, and 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 being in the middle, and and pain and joy and um, excitement and boredom. We're trying to live if we can. We we want to be able to experience both sides, but we also want to be able to find a way to exist where, like you said, like trying to have empathy for other people and um, not taking things personally. And if you see if somebody's pissing you off, what about what about them is pissing you off and and have you ever done something like that if I ever cut somebody off in traffic sure I
1: have there's there's more like that those techniques are hard for me at first because I'm like oh oh you know but but like the mercurial thing or doing a like a kind of a brain like a brain exercise where you're like wow I can think of three other answers
0: Well, and and
1: not and not being like that guy's bad. I'm good. I I see or gal or situation. I know how the situation. That's attachment too. So sure, we're touching on a lot of stuff, but it's all stuff I love. And by no means am I an expert on, but I'm definitely a student of of a lot of these things. And uh, I don't I don't quite know if it's coming out in my art, but uh, it. It's uh, it's really fun to talk about too. Well, the current art, and I think yeah, I think it, I think it relates to what you do as a healer, if I can use that. term. Sure, you can use that, hea- that I, term I, and because I, I don't, I, yeah, I, and I, my, I do it for
0: people. I don't do it for the insurance companies, right? And I, I, I think just...
1: it relates to me as a self healer through art. Like I'm, I'm getting to do my own art therapy, which is very fortunate. It's very fortunate. Well, yeah, and so let, let's, unfortunately, it's, let's... it's fortunate. Like, why can't this just be more common? And and it is in some pockets of certain subcultures you're just immersed in art but it's it's shrunk i think in capitalism and in education
0: well there's that's a whole nother topic about right. the value of music and art programs it yeah. starts with school it starts with education and where are we putting our our resources but kind of subconsciously i think society has come better. back
1: because a lot of commerce has happened from art recently i mean i was reading that that the arts and culture section is contributing a lot to it is to economy and capitalism and maybe that's a lesson for me to go wow capitalism isn't this evil thing i have to be non-binary with it and go look which how could it work it's the
0: but, system yeah. that we're in and and uh, hard to transcend it since we live here um i can't remember the last thing i was going to say before we move into some, i want to talk about some of the influences on your art sure. and some of your exploration some of these quotes yeah um It's it's been a
1: journey. It is a journey. Exactly. So
0: (laughs) one of the things I think that I've learned recently, and I've known this before, but I think learning it and knowing it are two different things and really being able to embody it is if you do your own personal work where you're open to your own criticism and the criticism of others, but also open to your own love and the love of others— if you're doing some type of practice, I don't care what it is, if it's in your spiritual realm, if it's in your mental health realm, if it's in a physical activity realm, if you're, if you're doing something that opens you up to the moment, and I'm not, not just being like, oh, the moment's in, no, but, no. but just the, the moment of my life, today's Tuesday, uh-huh. Wednesday, whatever it is. I'm going to be in that day, and I'm going to try my best, or whatever whatever mantra I have. I like that the word practice. Pra- it's a practice,
1: and so martial arts, yoga, music, sure. sword, prayer, anything, art,
0: whatever, prayer, yeah, meditation, um, meditation, tai chi, anything, um, music, uh, bingo, something that is not just a distraction. Bingo, sure. Um, something that's not just a distraction. Something that's not just instant gratification, and something that isn't um, just filling space. Uh, I think that's when you're prepared. I mean, I'm talking 10 minutes a day, 20 minutes a day. That's when you're prepared, how we were talking about, to respond with empathy and to try to see yourself and others and to accept your shadow. I think you have to do a practice to be able to get there. All right. Because otherwise, we're spending our time projecting our feelings onto other people, blaming other entities. You know, like you said, uh, maybe I should be in the middle and underst- not maybe in a logical debate with somebody on economics, maybe not in that way, but maybe I should be trying to accept where I'm at yet trying to change it um, about capitalism versus one or the other. You know, it's something like that. Yeah. And I think that gets into critical thinking, which to be a critical thinker, I think you have to lower your stress, which is why the practice, <laughs> the practice <laughs> totally of doing something opening, because when you're stressed, and that's something we can measure with heart monitors yeah. and... Brain and neuron, um, you know, brain monitors and everything, we can measure stress on the body and hypertension, that actually <coughs> lowers your you. IQ 15 well,
1: points. It, I don't know about that. I haven't read well, that Andrew one. Well, Andrew Yang, my favorite front sure. runner in the Democratic presidential race, I knew this intuitively, but he said it. When you're stressed out, your IQ goes down 15 points, like your actual IQ. I wouldn't doubt it. And he's like, we, he's a proponent of universal basic income. Sure. If he gives people $1,000 a month they can work their job and still like and it's me their stress level goes down their brain creative brain and problem solving thing goes up they have a better life anyway sorry sure. I, I felt like i had to pop that in there cuz i did, well, i was like oh my god is he going to say that iq thing and stress? i
0: didn't know about the iq thing but yeah. i do know this all the studies show that yeah. your creativity plummets um, your ability to solve problems and fight your your empathy decreases and your fight or flight response down to the lizard brain or the amygdala goes up. And so yeah. that's just so simple. We know that from science and we know that from teachings for thousands of years that before science proved it. And a practice and so can just do that. Why aren't we doing a practice? And that's yeah. the most simple thing we can do. That's and I'm calling myself out too. Why yeah. am I not doing the practice? Why do I make excuses? Oh, I should do something more. Productivity. Oh, quality control. I should work on my quality. Oh, I should be creative. Well, wait a minute. First of all, what about opening myself up to this moment, to this day, to this body, to who's around me, to what environment I'm in, to to look around instead of just jumping into work, jumping into my car, jumping into the bus, a little space between thoughts and reactions. It, it increases your space. Right. And so that for I me, think-
1: just a little space helps. And, and if I take anything away from this discussion, I really like the, the word practice and realizing that all those things are a practice because I was an athlete too. When I used to swim for hours every day, it gives you space. It gives you a calm, yoga martial arts working on art they're all meditations and everybody i feel is an artist no matter what they think their talent sure. is so that's really awesome the practice I, for me kind of in a meta inside the podcast like also listening to it i'm like ta- remember practice maybe get a tattoo there you go <laughs> <laughs> if you want to make it permanent yeah cuz that's a great thing cuz that's one thing no matter what's going on in your life hopefully you can have like that ten minute, twenty minute increase. It practice
0: well, and and I think the practice can always change. But for instance, right mm-hmm. now, like looking at your art in the studio here, mm-hmm. um, no pieces <laughs> really look the same to me. And so yeah. that your art is a practice, and and I think living is a practice. Yeah. And what are we what are we rehearsing for? It's all a practice. You know what? Do, the, the, we we think some day is going to show up where um, all of a sudden it's all going to gel. And I think there'll be a day where you'll be challenged and you'll bring your skills. But there, that day is going to be the same day as any other day. And, yeah, there's
1: going to be – it's a spectrum. There's going to be days of better days. and Sure. Days of so, in, in, in the comment about my art, that's another <clears throat> thing. I was really binary and locked into a style. When we first met, I had this contour line drawing style. More people would akin it to like Picasso or, or cartoons. And I'm like, I got, I've got to be original. I've got to have this style. And I had a really binary response to styles and influences. And, and for the most part, you know, I thought I was pulling it off. And know, uh, it's really funny today on Facebook talking about social media. Um, a book I did with this great musician, Mel Brown, came up in my feed. And there it is, that little style. And I got to do illustrations for his book. So fun. And uh, it's still there in some of my things. But I like to evolve. I like the freedom of like, where's this going to go? I just painted that mural, and that oh, well a year ago over at Trans Am, and that's these things called meditation heads. They're digital, it's crisp, it's a certain style. But then I, I meet this friend, uh, Michael Viglietta and he's an amazing, consistently brilliant uh, abstract painter. And I'm like God, and allowing yourself to just play and go towards that influence you want. And right now, I'm just hot on exploring abstractism. Abstractism.
0: Whatever it is, it it's is abstract, abstract art. It it's, got,
1: it's got elements of some of my stuff, and I have like these crazy geometric stuff, but that's how my brain is, and I think I'm processing stuff. So, to talk about my journey and art and influences, it's definitely changing, and, and you're right. I hope it, it's evolving, and maybe in each little phase, there's some good pieces and there's some not so good pieces. I'll make a piece where I'm like, man, that sucks, and people love it. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I recently did a piece where it was the underpainting, and I posted it as a work in progress. And it was like, how much? And I'm like, it's not done. <laughs> and my one friend's like, sell it. And I'm like, well, that's not my art. And I'm like, maybe I'm grappling with this binary thing of what is my art. <laughs> well, that's funny. I was thinking, I used to make that joke uh, about... A song?
0: where Yeah, like you write a song and you, <laughs> write it, it, you write it all in one day, yeah. and then it's done, and you think, it, wow, how, how derivative or cheesy or, or basic is this song? And, then, and, that's your, and that's everyone's favorite song, and that's actually yeah. been my experience versus another song I labored over, and I thought, oh, this is going to be such a great song, and here I am working it over and over and over and over, and people are like, oh, that song's okay, but I really like this one. And I'm like, that's the one I wrote in 10 minutes. What the heck? Right? Because that- it came out of
1: the, somewhere in the collective. I've recently butted up against what I'm going to call that as my shadow, like my ego and my attachment to what mm-hmm. I'm doing. And I actually get upset and I, it can ruin my day. But why, why would I put energy into that? And I do that a lot. So it's a great, there's a lot of gold in my shadow. They're like, Whoa, like, and maybe I'm on the right track. Cause recently I feel like I found a really cool synthesis of what I'm doing. And I'm like, I get to go, I don't know which brainwave it is, but I tend to think my work's better when I'm not thinking. So I'm, there I'm practicing being in the no place or the nowhere, the neutral zone. <laughs> right. <laughs> Trying not to overthink your art. I'm not, the, it's more intuitive. <clears throat> and it's so much more fun. It's so much more gratifying. And I feel and I think that the work's better. I'm really happy with the outcome. And 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 that's, that's back to my influences. Uh, I was living in L.A., and I was working at this magazine, and I was just bored because there's nothing to do. You had to, oh, hurry up and make these ads. Oh, wait. Oh, another guy got, like, what am I doing here? And early on in work, you're like, I've got to be working all the time. I didn't realize that that's kind of how life is. Sure. Just, just calm down. So I had the mouse, and I started drawing with the mouse in this circular pattern contour line. And I'm like, whoa, I can make these cool faces in a... Uh, that was my style for a while, and I really, you know, I was like, "Whoa!" And I drew this, this thing, uh, this face. It's kind of Picasso-ish. It's kind of, you know, I guess your modern art, the 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 classic modern art, postmodern. And I made a big giant print of it, and it was digital art. It's when digital art nobody knew what it was, so I kind of got away with it. I made a digital print. And I've got a frame real nice in L.A. And I have friends in – I've always had friends in Arizona. I was living in L.A. at the time who have galleries. And my friends, the Garen's, had this gallery in Scottsdale. And I had these giant, just cartoonish, big contour lines, meaning one line. It doesn't stop. But it's this face, this really emotion and energy was captured. And it sold for like $500. And it took me literally under two minutes to draw it and (laughs) click, click, put the color in it. And my whole life I've struggled. My dad's always like, you didn't work hard enough. That's not good enough. You can always get better. It was always a dilemma, and I'm, and I'm getting it more and more now. Work hard, but that's not – but, but like, take a breath and calm down. There's a lot of anxiety impugned and pounded into me mm. about how hard you have to work. Mm-hmm. I It just didn't register in my mind that, I, that something could come so easy and flow and be good work and be hard work. And it sold for, like, $500 in Scottsdale. And I'm like – My brain couldn't grapple with the fact that it took me under two minutes to do it in a program called Photoshop. Like, it just blew me away. And I'm like, wait a minute, this doesn't match what I've been taught at all. So practice and flow state are something, things I love. And I like when I get there with my art. And I think the art I enjoy and some of my influences, maybe those artists in their practice are hopefully, seemingly look like they're in their flow state because where's that? inspiration is shit coming from like yeah well yeah and i would i would agree with that and flow
0: state i think you is it has to be it's not always intentional but i do think that you to cultivate it we have to try to reduce our stress and our expectations and all of that sorry the chairs chair's, are nuts right now that's okay people are gonna they'll they'll deal um I can't hear it. <laughs> I can hear it. Anyway, so to get into a flow state, and and that and and that is also decreasing our ego and our concept yeah. of what is a product. And so I, I do think that there's something to flow, and letting yourself, allowing, allowing. I like that word, allowing yourself to try
1: something you've never done, and yeah. to try something new. A risk during a painting a now. Risk. During a painting now, I'm like. And I'm like, whoa, yeah, like it's scary. You can ruin the painting, but I've developed a technique where there's a lot of layers and you can fix it, especially in these abstract works. And I also, I'm, I'm really grateful that I can't always be in the flow state and you're going to have bad days, but I love that the practice of coming here to the studio, I'm, cre- I'm increasing the odds and creating, I'm taking responsibility and creating a, an environment to allow flow, to allow the space to be non-judgmental. In in And I've had so many times in my life where I don't have that anywhere. I don't have it in my relationships. I don't have it in my work. And luckily, maybe I work out or do something where I can just, like, deal with the stress. But it's a big part of, like, society. Like, we don't have flow state safe spaces. places.
0: <laughs> well, and that, we could get into that. Yeah. I mean,
1: there are... Um, but all these artists, that's all they do. Yeah. I love skateboarding art. Ed Templeton, let's talk about him. He's on my list. Let's talk about Ed Templeton. Uh-huh. Basquiat. Basquiat, Basquiat, I can't say Everybody loves him. I mean, Picasso, Basquiat. Bauhaus. Uh, maybe I'm saying that wrong. Bauhaus I put in there because of design and my graphic design. Sure. We're soaking in it. De- deconstruction. Uh, I also have Paul Klee because I was doing some art and in, in influenced by the collective consciousness, and then I went back and saw, wow, my stuff looks really similar to these artists. Oh, wow. So in a way, unaware of it, I was creating things that are like that. Alex Gray I put in there because of his transcendent art and I really got into him and that opened me up into different ways of thinking. I believe his art's called, um, God, gosh, darn it. There's a certain word, not transcendental, uh, his art. It's a, it's a whole movement of art now where it's art, where it shows people meditating. It shows people on their chakras. It shows a lot of Eastern stuff. It shows a trip. It shows disjointed brains. It shows like an explosion of the human form wow and that art I can't believe I'm forgetting the word that's okay you um, know I was actually
0: going to probably put some of these links in the show notes some of your influences yeah, when in my do. description and also um, your website where people can buy your art we're not yeah. done but I'm going to put that in there as well because I know you have multiple places to buy your art not only on Instagram but also on multiple websites but um, yeah I'm excited to know about that I, I like um, oh vi-
1: Mystic it's a visionary artist okay Visionary art is pretty hot right now, and I hate to talk like that, like I'm a salesman, but... It's okay. I'm aware of culture, and visionary art's almost going to move into something else here soon. With with all these v- like vision mapping and, and projection art that's going on, that's the cool thing about art. It's telling us unequivocably... Unequivoc... Un unequivocally I, I can't yeah it's telling us undeniably what the psyche of the collective conscious hive mind is doing and wants or not wants yeah wants so well when we go back to my earlier influences it was more in the body struggle like ed templeton and his skateboard art the drawings toy machine of this frog it's like just human suffering and but in a very funny charming characters and drawings and and he influenced me greatly. Uh, skateboard culture. I'd probably be called a poser. I did skate in <laughs> L.A. and I was able to skateboard. I just love the mentality. And I've always seen skateboarders as kind of the highest athletes because I've always I would always tell people you can go practice a free throw for hours and miss and have shame and all the frustration, but you won't get you won't break your arm. A skateboarder has to practice insane moves. And have body control. And, and there's a great risk that you're going to get injured. But if you get injured doing something, you usually stop. You have to do that same trick tens of thousands of times, thousands right. of times. To conquer your fear and, and master the body form. And there's just fearless people. And I think it creates those people in flow state. And it creates people with kind of a non They see like the on-off right-wrong as a joke because they've gone through this practice of I have to overcome all these things and just be able to flow with my body. Well, it's partly mental, like we we've talked about. uh,
0: A lot of sports, obviously, you have to have the physique and the endurance, which is the structure. The structure is practicing and endurance, but a lot of it is also the second part, which is flow and the mental ability to let go. And I mean, I um, we've even talked. An easy example is golf. You actually don't have to be that in shape to play golf. Oh, but But, uh, it's so frustrating. You have to be in shape mentally to play golf. And I think uh, an interesting thing was that Tiger Woods existed in a state for a long time where he was the best golfer and he was precise and he was just locked in. And then when he had all these personal problems with um, his marriage and substances and mental health, well, what happened was he became quite terrible at golf, even though he had the best form and all of that, it's its a mental thing. And so, yeah, but all the gold in his
1: dark side was learned from it. Yeah. Well, he might have. I haven't, I haven't read up on all that. All I was just going well, no, to use it as a. Well, no, to go on an earlier theory sure. that well, I'm going to be spouting at people uncontrollably over caffeinated for the next month. If he. Practice. Well, if he, like anyone else. Cash out your shadow. Cash he, your he's shadow. He's had to
0: face his shadow publicly. So if he. Right. If he faces his shadow publicly and he moves all the way
1: through the oh, dark he, place. He will. He, I think he will because all that discipline to become that great he'll he'll it'll click and he'll be like wow that was, that taught me the most well you he has a choice that's the hard part about tiger, it tiger you'll do it yeah. <laughs> go get him he has a choice like Your like name tiger else. for Christ's
0: sake go get him tiger paper but tiger you have a choice though because a lot of people go into the dark place and and see their shadow and they run from it and they over-medicate and they don't want to they don't want to you know go there uh yeah. so yeah I would say that i hope he does because i think he could inspire a lot of people the comeback you know and not just in golf but in mental in greek mythology so we we, we've got limited time here sure um ed templeton kicks ass before lunch kicks ass paul clee this this is like a bullet point thing now i want to talk real quick about (laughs) or do you want to go go to current and current past and then quotes let's go there Oh.
1: oh yeah i really it was interesting that you did this quote thing and it made me think, and I went and picked up some quotes. Uh, but a lot of them, more of them are philosophers. That's it's My okay. favorite quotes. I like philosophy. But I did go look for an artist's quote. Uh, I think I found a, a, Klee, a Paul Klee quote. And it's really interesting. I brought up that flow state, and I found that myself in this podcast discussion. But his quote says, everything vanishes around me. Flow state. And my works are born... As if out of the void. Flow state. <laughs> Ripe. Graphic fruits fall off. Flow state. My hand has become the obedient instrument of a remote will. Paul Whoa. Klee. Paul
0: Clee. And, and, and I've got goosebumps. And we we've got podcast the, goosebumps. We, we added the, flow the podcast. state. Yeah. I love that. Um and I do think I think the best songs I've ever written, and I think you'll say some of the best paintings and, and art you've done has been something that caught some you of the by best surprise. Street fights. And, and it Some reminds of the me, best street omelets fights. ever made. Yeah, Some of the best like, omelets. Well, that's, it actually reminds state. me of Elizabeth Gilbert. Oh. You know who she is? She's a writer. No. Nope. She wrote Big Magic. Uh-huh. And in her book, she talked about how she believes the collective unconscious or conscious or whatever you want to call it is constantly sending out ideas. And it's a matter of you being open to listening to the idea and being able to put it down before somebody else gets it. And I can think of a few times like this. I remember, uh-huh. and this is... A shout out to my wife who's always thinking of ideas. I remember this is before Uber and Lyft were even in San Francisco. Yeah. About two years before. I had gotten a cab from the airport, and it was really annoying, and I had a like big hassle with the cab driver, and it was only two miles, and I was going to pay the flat fee and then they were anyway, it was just <laughs> terrible, and the guy was trying to rip me off, etc. Yeah. and my wife said, yeah. "You know, there's so many students here at Arizona State. What if we made some sort of app or forum where you could say, "Hey, I'm coming into the airport at three right, o 'clock sure, yeah. who could pick me up and I 'll give you ten bucks?" And I was yeah. like, that is genius." Yeah. And then six months later. All yeah. of a sudden, I read in the New York Times, yeah. Lyft launches in San Francisco, Uber, and it's a rideshare app. And I was like, you've got to be kidding me. Yeah. And then also, um, I can't, that was my first example. I can't remember the second example, but Elizabeth Gilbert in her book talks about how she had had this whole story about uh, that she had. Uh, had a conception of, and she'd written up all this draft about this person. is very specific, a person in South America that was researching a certain disease during a certain historical period and blah, blah, blah. And then she had met this woman at a uh, writer's conference mm-hmm. and they like had this moment where they like were just like hugging and felt like this connection in a weird way, but just like friends. Mm-hmm. And then two weeks later or something like that, the woman called her in New York because Elizabeth lives in New York. And she said, hey, oh my gosh, I had this vision for this book and I've been writing incessantly for three days. Here's what it's about. And it was the same book. Elizabeth Gilbert had her computer files, which had not left her apartment. She didn't bring them to the same, ideas. same not, idea. Same idea, yeah. almost literally the same historical period, the same country, the same scenario, yeah. and almost the same plot tropes. And they had never discussed it. And they had never met before that writers' conference. That is weird.
1: That's weird. But I can, yeah, but I won't make it binary.
0: We won't make it binary. I don't know what it is. And we could, And You, and, you made know, it binary. We could That's be all like,
1: oh, skeptics guide to blah, 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 blah. Let's be
0: skeptical. That's just a coincidence. Well, sure, it's a coincidence, but it's also interesting. And I think that makes life interesting to not know why that happened. And maybe whatever it was, who knows what it was. Energy uh-huh. transfer. So let's talk about, uh-huh. um, real quick, your current exploration and
1: past influence will end with a couple quotes well can i sneak another t- uh, terence McKenna quote yeah, i see about art and it's kind of like i picked them in a rush but they're totally fitting for what we mm-hmm. talked arts arts task is to save the soul of mankind anything less is a dithering is a dithering while rome burns i like that art's task is to save the soul of mankind anything less is a dithering wow like while you're rome just burns. you're just toiling for no reason well, while and that- Rome burns, and everyone's like, "Oh, this is it for America!" Like they're, com- you know, they're comparing. I've heard it for years now. In the last five, ten years, like, we had a good run. Something's going to change, and maybe you feel like it's going to change because yeah. people are so afraid of socialism. But we're already kind of soaking in some socialistic things for sure. business. Anyways, so then where are we going? Did you want another? Well, um- well, look at this other one. The main thing to understand is that we are imprisoned in some. Kind of work of art, oh, and it's a way of seeing the world as as a work of art and as something well, where we're Terrence seeking. So, says in sure. prison because of his philo- like his philosophy, his, his psychedelic hard? journeys. He's like, "What is? What are these things? What is reality? Sure, it, and, surely it's a piece of art." He's also implying there that it's a creator, some kind of work of art, something created. It.
0: And I like that because I just threw my perspective on there, which was. Are we living in a work of art? That's a way of seeing the world versus yeah. seeing the world as toiling and putting a, pulling a rock and putting it up the hill every day. Well,
1: imprisoned. Well, yeah, he's kind of like a he's got trapped. That. That, for me, imprisoned means he's kind of like. Well, we are. In he's prison. still you he's can... he's on that ascension tip too. He he wants to move through. So. Wants to break on through to the other As side. As we wrap up
0: here, before Herman lunch Melville. hour. Herman Melville. I <laughs> wanted to
1: touch on Herman Melville because.
0: <laughs> Marshall McLuhan. Sorry. I remember Her- Herman Melville discussion at a Shattering my art soul. gallery. Yeah. That was a very strange warehouse on Van Buren Avenue or whatever it was. And I, I introduced you to my all-time. Uh, Mentor. Well, he's not a, he's a, he's a art, local artist and oh. also a social worker. Who is obsessed with Herman Melville?
1: Yeah, and then you guys bonded. He had, a, yeah. I think, he had a Moby Dick shirt on. Right, right. And I told him about my, one of my favorite books. I tell so many people about this book, and I forget the name of the book. It's insane. Uh, Mo- by Herman Melville. No, it's about it's a book about why to read books, and that I read this book that these two, you know, highly educated people wrote of uh, shining all things shining, understanding the Western canon or whatever. Something like that book, because it, 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 I read it and it, it tells you why to read or one theory on why to read. And it went through literature from, you know, Greek, you know, monotheistic, Dante. It, it went down history in the Western canon and and it just blew my mind. And he started talking about Moby Dick. I mean, James Joyce, blah, blah, blah. Not blah blah blah, but like I don't mean to sound like I don't mean to sound like I'm rattling off stuff I know a lot about, but I know a little bit. And I read I read uh, Moby Dick and Herman Melville, and I became obsessed. And Moby Dick like ripped my soul spine out of my body. Like I was reading it every night. I was like posting quotes from it on Facebook. Sure, I was freaking out about it. It was way better than any band I've been in. Like no, that's not true. It was just this experience where I'm like I'm in literally I'm. And what is he doing? What is he saying? And and it's a dense book. It's it's, it's a Very denser metaphorical, book.
0: metaphorical, archetypal.
1: Yeah, and it's it's a thicker book. And and I loved every minute of it. It was like being at my favorite restaurant every night because I overcompensate by eating. But like I was overcompensating by like trying to read Moby Dick, and 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 it wasn't. It was good. It was a practice. It was reading's a practice. It is. A it was and- a good place to be, and it just like put a lot of space between thoughts and. Uh, Um, uh, it's like when I was into Kabbalah, it's like, I'll get into these things and I'll just be kind of engrossed and swept away. But, um, as far as like Ishmael, Queequeg, I mean, the main points from Herman Melville, you know, I'd rather spend the night with a noble savage than a savage noble. They start the novel with him having to share a room with Queequeg, the harpooner. Right. Uh, Ishmael does. And uh, you know, the the wonderment of how this person's just so nice and he doesn't have judgment, Queequeg, he's just this robust human male soul and he's just he's just you know, he and anyways, without doing a podcast on, on a Moby Dick. And then I read a couple other of his books and tried to learn more about Herman Melville. And it was Herman Melville to me is interesting too because he was a patent clerk, there wasn't always success. His biggest book Here I am obsessed with uh, success again. But it's very interesting to see these canonized artists, and that's it, man. It's the journey. Just keep working. And And read Marshall McLuhan.
0: (laughs) We won't. Yeah, yeah. Do we have have any juice to go on Marshall McLuhan? Yeah, I got
1: tons of juice. One minute. Well, the Mechanical Bride advertising, I just love Marshall McLuhan, even though he's kind of outside of canonized academia. I love those guys. I love Terrence McKenna. I love Marshall McLuhan. I think... He's still going strong with predicting social media, the global village. He's still going so strong uh, as far as Instagram, virtual reality, everything. The medium is the message. And, uh, you know, I learned about James Joyce through Marshall McLuhan. And then it's just, you know, I bought um, the book uh, Finnegan's Wake. Of course, I couldn't read it. I bought the key made by Campbell. There's keys made so you can understand how to read the book. And it's just there it is. It's just more. These luminaries are are showing me other avenues of humanity and thought. James Joyce. I, I think. Sorry, everyone. I I'm, we're gonna end on me talking about James Joyce because I'm no. I love James Joyce. I'm not an expert, and I've only almost tried to read that one book. But I have had very weird spiritual dreams about. Being in the book, <laughs> which one, Finnegan's Wake or Ulysses? Or Finnegan's Wake. I, okay. I had dreams about parts of it that I was trying to understand. Anyways, it's it's cool. That's that stuff's cool. And and I'm gonna, that's fun. I, and so yeah. For Sorry, great I, ending. I had to read a.
0: I read James Joyce Dubliners and I read part yeah. of Ulysses. I, I did not crack Finnegan's Wake because I've heard it takes three years to read it um, because yeah. it's so dense and he used. Oh. 27 different languages. Yeah, what he did is a feat uh,
1: in itself, and and, uh, it's easier to listen to McKenna or McLuhan talk about it.
0: Yeah, and what can we learn from it? And so um, I like this quote to end on, not only is it not right, it's not even wrong, which is Wolfgang (laughs) Polly. And I think that's part of what what this podcast was about, was about mental health, art, philosophy, ways of living, experimentation, practice, and also trying to reduce our judgments and projections and being able to learn and from a variety of sources but also understanding how our own perspective or our own vintage or bottle of wine or our own grapes yeah. have influenced our what how we interpret things and being able to have the humility to go in i mean that's a constant battle to be able to have that humility to go inside and look at your shadow And, you know, and then understanding that that's part of it and also setting goals and working on your practice. So thank you, Doug, for letting me into this awesome studio here in 7th Avenue in Phoenix. Woo! And we'll be posting... Studio G. Yeah. We'll be posting links to Doug's art and a lot of the things referenced in this podcast in the show notes. And that's a wrap. Thanks, Paul. Thank you, Doug.
1: normalize the signal and you're banging on Freon Paleolithic Eon Put the fake goatee on And it booms as cool as sugar-free jazz
0: this episode of the Intentional Clinician podcast. I know I did. And check out some of the links to things Doug was talking about in the show notes if you'd like to. I'd like to thank everyone who's been listening to the Intentional Clinician. It's really an honor for me to put this podcast out, and I really love doing it. Uh, I was at a conference in New Orleans this last weekend, and I actually met a few people that listen to my podcast so shout out to you guys thanks so much for encouraging me i really felt honored that you came up and introduced yourself and i also um met some cool professors and different people there as well uh that we may have on future episodes so that was very exciting And, uh, and if you want to support the podcast and you're a therapist looking for electronic medical record software, I would recommend simple practice. So I have an affiliation with simple practice and you can click my link in the show notes. And essentially what it is, is it gives you a 30 day trial to check it out, to attend their free trainings, to read their information. And if you like it and you subscribe, um, then that becomes, uh, a way to sponsor the podcast. I like simple practice, otherwise I wouldn't utilize it in any sort of advertising, and I've used a lot of EMR systems, so if you're looking for that, I I found them quite easy to use, and also friendly. So there's that. As I said before, I am in private practice in Grand Rapids, and I'm very excited to announce In the next episode, we'll be talking all about the trauma informed counseling center of Grand Rapids that I'm opening this year as part of Health for Life Grand Rapids, where I am gathering and helping join forces with lots of therapists who are doing trauma specific interventions for people suffering and drawing together like minded individuals to create a center of excellence. So I'm excited about that and going to get help from my mentors and different people in the EMDR community and some professors I know. So I'm very excited about that and stay tuned. You can find out details on healthforlifegr.com. And if you are in need of counseling or are looking for a counselor and you're in the Grand Rapids area, feel free to contact my office at 616-200-4433 or go to healthforlifegr.com. We've got a bunch of great counselors with different specialties at our place. If you are in crisis, remember, listening to this podcast is not a substitute for treatment. And if you're actually in a real crisis, you should call 911 or the National Suicide Prevention Line at 1-800-273-8255. If you're not in the Grand Rapids area, I would recommend that you call around and find a counselor or go on psychologytoday.com or even counseling.org, emdr.com. Just ask around and look for a trusted person that can be your counselor. And yeah, that's what I've got to say right now. And I really appreciate again everyone listening. It means a lot. If you could have any food right now, what would you have? Pizza. What kind of pizza?
1: Veggie pizza. Why would you have veggie pizza?
0: Because
1: it's more healthy. And meaty pizzas. Where would you go to get said pizza? Peter Piper. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's be- right up the road. Is that Actually, because it's the closest place? I don't know.
1: There's a pizza buffet up there I haven't tried. I don't, I don't trust buffets. Yeah, they're like, don't do it. A couple friends are like, don't do it. But you know, but what if you had unlimited money, where would you get pizza right now? Uh if I had if money wasn't an issue, my personal chef would <laughs> be following me with a Okay, like a well, mobile okay. grill. How about this? Somebody All gave right. you a hundred dollar
0: gift card and they said you can only spend it on pizza in Phoenix. Where would you get it? Oh, oh, I see what you're doing.
1: Um. Hmm. Oh, uh Pinot's right down the street is so good. Ooh, okay. I, Have you heard of Pinot's? No, I've only had SIBO's. Pinot's is like right down here in Thomas. And it's insane. It's the bread. the crust is so delicious. Do they have gluten-free because I have problems? I don't know. I don't know. All right. Well, I might just go off the wagon. It's uh, it's so good. Their salads are good. It's a mom-and-pop shop. Ooh, yeah, Pinot's. It's not cheap. What street is it on? It's on Thomas right here. If you just really? turn right and head down. You know where Z Pizza is? Yeah, I remember. I used to go to Z Pizza. It's just a little west of Z Pizza. Okay. Pinot's. I like it. It's really good. Uh, My friend Irma. I, mean, I don't know if you've met Irma. She, I remember Irma. She got me in here. Oh. By the grace of a miracle of the universe, or whatever. Sure. And um, we went there, and we're just like, oh. A lot of people, Phoenix people, know about it for years. He knows. It's not like super trendy popular. It's just like nice family. It's the exact, it's like a nice restaurant trying to be nice i like nice restaurants that are nice it's not really pretentious and the pizza is really good and i'd go there and
0: if you could order one it would be the veggie because it tastes better because it's healthier i don't know okay
1: i don't care it's pizza no
0: yeah Pizza. yeah like I, i'm the universal language of food i'm
1: trying to not eat as much meat well I still me eat too. some but
0: I, I eat a little meat on the weekends i'm a, I'm yeah. a weekend meat it's eater. like uh
1: yeah i'll i'll do salads and smoothies uh, right now I'm trying to lose some weight and cleanse, so there you go. Okay, hold on one second.